Peace, peace. We are back once again with Masterminds with Brother Shemel. I'm your host, Brother Shemel. And we are, I'm excited to get back and give you another episode. And we're actually going to take a break from our series on Kabbalah. We'll get back to that. But I wanted to take a break. Um, kind of allow people to kind of soak in the information on Kabbalah, do their own research, and hopefully give some feedback. Um, if you like, and this just goes across the board, not only for the series on Kabbalah, but if you have any um, particular questions, um, thoughts, comments, uh, critiques in reference to the show, any ideas, I'm open to it. You can either contact me uh, via email. Uh, my email is um, shem45 at hotmail.com. That's the easiest one to um, reach me at. Also, if you're listening to this on Anchor, you can actually send me a message, a voice message. And if you do, you will be the fortunate one to have your message played on the next episode um, or the upcoming episodes, depending on how many uh, voice messages I receive. So I definitely um, am inviting and encouraging everyone who listens to the show to please give your feedback, uh, give a shout out, any anything you want to hear, any request, um, just put it on the voice message. And I will play that at the beginning of the show. So without further ado, I'm going to get into um, this episode and the topic, which is dealing with ether. What is ether? And in the Circle 7, uh, also known as the Holy Quran and the Moor Science Temple of America, uh, which was prepared by Noble Jirali, it speaks a lot on ether, uh, particularly in the earlier well in the first chapter as well as other chapters as well but what I want to do is actually start with reading a section um, of chapter 11 of the circle 7 which really gets in deep in my opinion into the ethers and what it is the ether planes and um, it's a lot to unpack so I like to start there and I'm going to start uh, with in my book is verse 18 as I know in some people's verse um, books circle sevens is verse 19 depending on which uh, which uh, which book you have uh, how it was published but this starts with the statement of time never was when man was not that which begins will have an end. If man was not, the time will come when he will not exist. From Allah's own record, we read the triune Allah breathed forth and stood seven spirits before his face. The Hebrews call these seven spirits Elohim. And these are they who, in their boundless power, created everything that is or was. These spirits of the triune Allah moved on the face of of boundless space and seven ethers were and every ether had its form of life these forms of life were but 
the thought of Allah clothed in the substance of their ether planes. Men call these ether planes the planes of protoplast, of earth, of plant, of beast, of man, of angel, and cherubim. These planes, with all their teeming thoughts of Allah, are never seen by eyes of man and flesh. They are composed of substance far too fine for fleshly eyes to see, and still they constitute the soul of things. And with the eyes of soul, all creatures see these ether planes and all the forms of life, because all forms of life on every plane are thoughts of Allah. All creatures think, and every creature is possessed of will and in its measure has the power to choose. And in their native planes, all creatures are supplied with nourishment from the ethers of their planes. And so it was with every living thing until the will became a sluggish will. And then the ethers of the protoplast, the earth, the plant, the beast, the man began to vibrate very slowly. The ethers became more dense and all the creatures of these planes were clothed with coarser garbs of flesh, which men call, which men can see. And thus, the coarser manifest, which men call physical, appeared. And this is what is called the fall of man. But man fell not alone, for protoplast and earth and plant and beasts were all included in the fall. The angels and the cherubim fell not. Their will were ever strong. And so they held the ethers of their planes in harmony with Allah. Now, when the ether reached the rate of atmosphere and all the creatures of these planes must get their food from atmosphere, the conflict came. And then that which the finite man called survival of the best became a law. The stronger ate the bodies of the weaker manifest, and here is where the carnal of evolution had its rise. And now, man in his utter shamelessness strikes down and eats the beast. The beast consumes the plant. The plant thrives on the earth. The earth absorbs the protoplast. In yonder kingdom of the soul, this carnal evolution is not known and the great work of masterminds is to restore the heritage of man to bring him back to his estate that he had lost when he again will live upon the ethers of his native plane. The thoughts of Allah change not. The manifest of life on every plane unfolds into perfection of their kind. And as the thought of Allah can never die, there is not death to any being of the seven ethers of the seven spirits of the triune Allah. And so an earth is never plant. A beast, a bird, or creeping thing is never man. A man is not and cannot be a beast or bird or creeping thing. The time will come when all these manifests will be absorbed and man and beast and plant and earth and protoplast will be redeemed. So I just want to stop there. And basically, 
in essence, um, this is giving an account of the fall of man, as I've spoken about in many of my past episodes, um, how man fell from a spiritual being into a physical being, basically um, incarnating. It's basically the incarnation from the spiritual realm of which we originally are from. Now, ether is used a lot in this case, and it's very important that we have a clear conception of what is ether. Um, I will be, again, um, drawing and referencing, drawing from and referencing the Circle Seven, as well as other scriptures, as well as uh, my books. Um, I'll be reading from some of my books, such as Who is Elohim? What is the Higher Self? Etc. And just giving some context so that we are clear exactly um, what we're referring to. Now, it's important to note that ether, of course, there's a couple of things to note. Ether itself has been spoken about for many years um, throughout the time. Many masters, many sages, um, many mystical people have spoken of ether is in line with the classical elements. Of course, you have the fire, air, water, earth. And then the fifth element, which is that um, quintessence, is known as ether. Also, a lot of people talk about the Akashic records. The Akashic records, the word Akashic comes from the Sanskrit word Akasha, and Akasha means ether. So when you speak about um, oh, I get it from the Akashic, the Akashic records. I can read the Akashic records. You're basically speaking of a realm, an etheric realm, by which um, you cannot access physically. Okay, so with that, or they're not they, they're not stored in a physical thing. Um, it's not a, a PDF file. It's not you know. It's not a a, a chip. It's not a book, you know, it's not a folder. These records are in an etheric realm. So it's important to know that ether is uh, a lot of times made synonymous with light. So you will notice in a lot of uh, the scriptural books, such as the Bible, as well as the Quran of Mecca, um, the great Quran of Muhammad. It will speak about light. Okay, one of the most renowned passages in the Bible is in the beginning of John, chapter one. Okay, as I've said before, the book of John is considered to have the most spiritual context out of all the synoptic gospels, that being the books of Mark, Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, It is the only um, gospel to speak of the divine mission of Jesus in depth. So the subject of the divine light is covered in the very beginning of the book of John, which states in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, 
and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Okay, so that's speaking of the true light of, or the of the essence, the source, um, which we have many names for, whether you want to call Allah, Yahweh, Jehovah, um, you know, the great spirit, whatever term you want to use. But that light is life, as in the breath of life and breath, spirit, that's spirit from spiritus, breath. Okay mentioned in the book of Genesis. So the breath of life is the holy breath that's spoken about in more science. Okay. Also, which is the other name given to truth. What is truth? Truth is ought. What is ought? Ought is a law. Can truth change? Truth cannot change or pass away. What other name do we give the truth? Holy breath. What have you to say about the holy breath? All we can say it is great. It is good. It was, it is, and evermore to be. Now, when you go to chapter 2 of the circle 7 verses 14 to 16 it will tell you that coinciding with the book of John it says and these your sons will be the first to tell the news to teach the gospel of goodwill to men and peace on earth a mighty work is theirs for carnal men want not the light they love the dark and when the light shines in the dark they comprehend it not we call these sons Revealers of the light, but they must have the light before they can reveal the light, right? And most people identify, though most people identify light as being something visible to the physical eye, that's not the case, right? As I've mentioned before, you have infrared light, you have ultraviolet light, and those lights are not visible to the physical eye. Now, there's also just getting into ether. There was something that was spoken about within the history of science known as um, luminosphereous ether. I may be mispronouncing that first word, but it basically means light bearing ether. Okay. Um, and this was um, basically termed in the late 1800s, which basically saying says that this light bearing ether. Uh, was the medium for the transmission of light okay so to comprehend the idea light bearing ether or light ether a full comprehension of ether itself must be acquired first so according to ancient sciences ether which is a Greek word or in origin is the substance that fills all of the universe beyond the earth sphere within the earth sphere as well okay and we'll get into that because basically as mentioned in chapter 11 you are basically ether just in a slow down vibration the physical body of you because you are not the body nor the soul you are spirit and a part of the omnipotent that physical part is basically the ether slowed down Okay, now it is also, as I mentioned, the fifth classical element. Okay, the word, the Greek word ether means pure air. 
it is related to um, the Greek origin, meaning to incinerate, to burn, to shine. Okay, ether is related to the name um, Ethiopes, which is Ethiopians. Okay, um, which is derived from the two words, Greek words, Ethel, meaning burnt and ops, face. So when they talk about Ethiopians, okay, they're really saying burnt face, burnt from the sun because of the darkness of their skin. Okay. Um, it also should be noted that the word Ethiopian, uh, which many people don't know, became a slave title that was used to describe the people who were originally known as Cushites. Cushi, Cushi in Hebrew, the Cushites, the people of Cush, right? However, ether relates um, to that Greek word ethio, burnt, in the sense that the element of oxygen within the air is required to burn any substance. Now, this burning produces a shining light in the form of fire. Okay, so that's something to be understood. Now, that makes that kind of explains what I was mentioning in chapter 11. So just keep that thought in mind. Um, also, it speaks about, I spoke about the planes. Okay. Now, the planes, the ether planes. Okay. Now, in chapter 11, I spoke about man, or read there, about man becoming able to sustain himself off of the ethers, okay? It also explains how when man becomes one with the ethers of Elohim, he achieves immortality. This is, a, this is done by absorbing the seven manifests. Remember that power is a manifest, as mentioned in the circle seven. Power is the manifest of force, and the ethers cause the powers to be. So, the seven manifests are the seven powers that are controlled by the ethers of Elohim. And we know Elohim, when the question is asked in the Moorish question near, uh, who is Elohim? Elohim is the seven created spirits that created everything that ever was, is, and ever more to be. Now, when man becomes one with the ethers of Elohim, he can absorb these powers that are attributes of these creative spirits now there's an ancient comedic word for power which is sachem sachem derives describes I should say the energy of the cosmos okay now this power is also related to the fourth um, this power this inner power which is also used to denote this energy or this force in China is called chi Okay, or ki, as in Tai Chi, or Ki Gong. In Japan, it's called Ki, as in Reiki. In India, it's called Prana, right? You have those Hindu mystics who are known as Breatharians who say that they live off of Prana, the Prana within the air that they breathe. Now, the comedic word Sekhem, that's also considered to be the life force. That's where you get that from. And that life force is tied into the breath, which we call holy breath. Matter of fact, to um, 
getting back into different terminologies, um, the three jewels that they talk about in Qigong is Jing, Qi, and Shin. All right. Qi, which we already noted, would be synonymous with the holy breath mentioned in the circle seven. The Shin actually means, is a Chinese word, which means spirit. It translates into spirit, Shin. And Jing would be essence. It translates into essence. That essence would be equivalent to the ether. Jing means the essence or the essentials. So when the word Jing is used as essence, it exists in everything. And ether is in everything. There is an etheric counterpart to everything that's physical. And ether exists beyond the physical. So that that ether may be considered as the primal substance or original source from which a thing is made and which exhibits the true nature of that thing. Okay. Uh, when the Jing in, in uh, Qigong is used in reference to human beings, it means the very original or essential source of life and growth. And we're going to get into that aspect, um, how that relates as far as uh, the people of China um, and those teachings of Qigong, which was actually taught by a, um, a dark-skinned, melanated Asiatic man by the name of Damu, who taught this um, art, who taught the Shaolin monks that. If you can check your history on that, but uh, I'll get into that later. But I definitely want to put it into the context that when discussing about the ether, you must also explore the topic of ether planes. So it's important that one gains a clear definition of an ether plane of what an ether plane is. So for a better analysis of that, you must first have a full comprehension of what a plane is. So what is a plane? In metaphysics, a plane is a realm of vibratory consciousness. A plane other than the physical plane is manifested as a sublime state of consciousness that goes beyond the apparent physical universe. It's commonly mistaken that planes are layers of energy or subatomic matter that are positioned above and or below each other. When in actuality, the planes are uniquely interwoven to the point that one cannot distinguish the boundaries between them. It's likened to a wideband cable that simultaneously carries multiple frequencies of electromagnetism in one cable. And each plane consists of subplanes. So we are operating or you can transcend and, and, and operate within the plane of manifest soul soul plane and spirit plane or plane of soul and spirit plane at the same while in the body okay because you yourself consist of spirit soul and the body okay so you do function on those within those three however most of us have not raised our consciousness to move at will through the planes and also operate on the higher planes where we can receive our true substance 
our true source of life, right, our nourishment from those higher ether planes, as, as spoken about in chapter 11 of the Circle 7. So in metaphysics, it's acknowledged that there are seven ether planes of existence, okay? Now, a lot of people talk about the four planes, um, and I'll get into that real quick, but those four planes are really dealing with states of matter, okay? And I'll, and I'll reiterate that again later. But I always say, um, and I spoke about this just a couple of days ago, that we are likened, the spirit, the soul, and the body is correspondent to the get three states of matter, gas, liquid, and solid. If you take water from a gaseous state, and the molecules in that gas slow down in vibration, it will become a liquid. It will condense. Condensation. The ethers became dense, as mentioned in Circle 7. Then, when it slows down even more, it becomes solid as ice. So, basically, what we are is a condensation of these, ether, of these ethers, right? Taking on coarser garbs of manifest as we just mentioned. So that's the first stages or what you would call their ethers within themselves. But they are coarser manifests of ether. The four ethers that people talk about is warmth, which is synonymous with heat. Um, there's another one. Okay, the next one above that, I believe would be light ether. Then there's tone ether, which is synonymous with sound. And then the one beyond that is life ether. So just really quick, the warmth ether is the etheric side of warmth. Of That's synonymous with heat, right? The inner impulse creating warmth, okay? Now, warmth ether and the warmth of an element are closely related. Remember, the ether is closely related Etheric energy is closely related with the physical being. Light, all right, we already talked about the light, okay? And that corresponds also with the element of air. So war, um, warmth, okay, even with the four classical elements, that warmth would be the fire, light would be the air. Tone, which is the sound, development of phenomena you see because you're dealing with vibration of sound, that corresponds with the water element. Okay, and there's a and there's also a very interesting study pertaining to sound and water. You should look that up. And then life, um, which they make synonymous with the earth element, which is basically that true life force or the source of all existence. So you have to understand that you're dealing with higher vibrations of your true essence that should be noted. Now. A little later, I'm going to get into how this pertains to your actual well-being and your health. Why it's important to know what ether is, because it's not just something just to sound deep and have a conversation. You know, with a lot of other people who have mystical information. Yeah, you know, the ether planes and, you know, with ether. Um, when I first started coming into knowledge of the ether, um, another definition it pertains to the combination of all universal gases, gases of the universe, uh, 
which is really is ether is ultra gaseous matter in reality it's beyond gas but the gases are forms of ether in a slowed down vibration and there's a term that was used called nine ether um that was used among the people who I used to study with those I used to study with. And they said nine ether is represented by the woolly hair of the original people on the planet. Cause the hair grows out the follicle and forms the number nine. That's nine ether. Right. Um, and things of that nature. But as I studied more into ether, I realized that you're dealing with this essence, this higher essence that is permeant throughout the universe and every physical thing has an ether counterpart and it's just vibrating at a point um, that's slower of that which you can see with the physical eye so I'll get more into the aspects of the healing with ether uh, in the next part Now, I'd like to take this time out to read um, a few verses from chapter 7 of Circle 7, which I alluded to earlier, speaking about force, power, and the ethers, okay? And this is chapter 7, verse 16 to 18. It says, force is the will of Allah and is omnipotent. And power is that will in manifest, directed by the breath. There is a power in the winds, a power in the waves, a power in the lightning stroke, a power in the human arm, a power in the eye. The ethers cause these powers to be. In thought of Elohim, of man, let me take that back, I'm sorry. The ethers cause these powers to be in the thought of Elohim of angel, man, or other thinking things directs the force. When it has done its work, the power is no more. So let me repeat that last verse, verse 18. The ethers cause these powers to be the thought of Elohim of angel, man, or other thinking things directs the force. When it has done its work, the power is no more. So that is key to understand that. Also, before that, um, when the question is asked about power, right? In verse 15, it states that it is a manifest, is the result of force. It is but naught. It is illusion, nothing more. Force changes not, but power changes as the ethers change. So it must be understood that the the variance of the vibration of ether is in direct relationship or the power I should say the power that energy that you get um, you receive is in direct relationship to the vibration of the ether the rate of the vibration of ether in the the direction of ether how this ether this essence is utilized how it's transformed okay now this when you understand this this um this passage right here relating to power and force 
Okay, which I probably will um, explore down the line. And, and really, this ties into ether anyway. It's really um, dealing with ether at the end of the day. It makes uh, much more sense when you have an understanding of certain uh, ancient practices, such as Qigong. Okay, uh, which is one of those. Um, which one of those? Which I currently am studying right now. So, this is the thing to understand, right? That again, going back to that part about the power and the ethers changing, directing by the breath. So, in Qigong, is based on um, your breathing. It is understood that how you breathe and how you um, utilize your breath has a direct relationship to that essence that they call Jing, which is really the ether. Okay. Also with the key or that, um, that holy breath, that force that you direct. Okay. To basically strengthen the shin which is the spirit okay so that's the three jewels the jing the essence which is ether the key the holy breath which uh, the key or that that um that inner energy which is the holy breath that force or uh, the um and also the shin which is spirit Okay, so all these play a part. That's again back to the law of three. Now, getting into this understanding of it in Qigong, it is understood that what must be done in order to heal yourself and strengthen yourself, you must be able to actually um, store your energy. Okay, you must be able to do that several ways. One of the ways is by not um, overexerting yourself sexually, controlling your sexual activity. Um, and men, you know what I what I mean when I say that. You know what's understood does not have to be said with that. So, overexerting your yourself, exhausting yourself um, sexually. Okay. Same with women. Okay. Because even, even though, th- because of their physical makeup, their their risk is not as great, or the danger is not as great as a man. It still is. There still are risk involved by over being overly sexually active. Okay. So you have to have a control of that. Also not only of your sexual organs, but also your kidneys, which I want to get into because that's very important. A lot of people don't know that. But before I get into that, uh, let me just speak a few things in reference more on the on the ether. Okay, so in healing, because this will be very practical for you to use um, in reference to healing yourself and maintaining your life energy. So in order to understand um, your thought, and remember, we are all thoughts manifested 
in flesh, in human flesh, and using the power of the mind, okay, you must have a comprehension of energy. And there's different types of energy, okay, um, and different types of power. We talked about the power and the waves, the water power, air power, and those are power, and those are manifest, as I mentioned before. Now, one of the most useful forms of electricity, physical electricity, I mean, um, of physical energy is electricity, okay? That's the one we use a lot the most. Now, within your body, and this has been discovered by way of um, a, a scientific analysis of the systems of Qigong, Tai Chi, etc., Reiki, is bioelectricity. You know, we have bioelectricity. We also have biomagnetism. We are electromagnetic beings. We have an electromagnetic field known as an aura that in the average person extends up to three feet. For those who are more developed um, spiritually, it extends even further. Okay. And you can, certain people can sense and see people's aura because auras have color and shape. The same way thought, every thought is also, uh, which is an energy form, has color, shape, sound. It has a wave, thought waves, etc. So, and energy can be transformed from one person to another. So thoughts can be transferred from one person to another at long distance. And that is what telepathy is. When you, de when you develop telepathy, you are able to communicate via thought. Where you don't need um, to speak. You don't need anything written. You don't need text. You don't need Zoom or anything of that nature. You can just communicate with one person to another via the mind okay so even with the physical energies there are subtle energies that we employ most most of it we do it sub unconsciously and it's not understood it's not comprehended so this etheric energy right the finer substance okay it vibrates at a finer and more rapid rate okay so Western science has very little to say about it because they they don't they cannot comprehend it. But the mystics have had um, books and writings and recordings and statements in reference to this energy. Now, let's get into etheric energy. So this etheric energy, as I mentioned before, is very near to physical energy. In fact, it's the energy which um a living being uses to manipulate and move the physical as I mentioned before okay in the circle seven so most of the times we use it unconsciously okay that's that power okay once the ethers change the powers change okay so the life energy which vibrates at the slowest rate Okay, we refer to as the etheric energy. You have the um, the chemical um, chart or the chemical table, right? And then you have the etheric table, meaning on the um, the element, the elemental chart 
of pertaining to the atom. H1, hydrogen, helium, that's two, so on and forth on the periodic chart. On the reverse of that, you have etheric, you know what I'm saying? Ether one, ether two, okay? Because there are ether counterparts to the physical. Now, this is something to realize. So, the accumulation in use by human um, is usually automatic, right? Well below the level of consciousness. However, you can train yourself or you can be trained to learn to manipulate etheric energy, to manipulate the ethers. Remember, as I mentioned before, that the ethers cause these powers to be. And it's the thought of Elohim, of angel, of man, and other thinking things which directs the force. And when it has done its work, the power is no more. So your goal is to be able as a thinking being to direct the force, okay? Tapping into that energy and directing the force. This is very key. So, um, however, what happens is um, most people, instead of going tapping into the ethic energy, it's, it's a lot easier to tap into the mental energy. We're already using it and we're kind of more conscious of it, okay? It's more it's more comprehended than uh, or more comprehensible than the ether energy right because we we already are taught in life that we use our mind okay but what happens is is that um when it's understood and brought in control the ether autom- control the ether control auto- becomes automatic with that so that's important to understand with that. Now, I want to get into the aspect of something known as um, dealing with the healing of us in Qigong. Now, I mentioned about the importance of not exerting yourself um, um, sexually, only sexually um abusing the sexual organs there's also another organ that is directly related in the teachings of qigong to what they call the original jing or the original essence which ties into the ether and that is your kidneys interestingly enough so it is understood that of course the the essence or that ether is probably the most important element in your practice of Qigong. Okay. Not only in your practice of Qigong, I'm using that as a reference, but also in your overall health. Okay. A lot of people don't know that the ether. So to regulate the ether means to conserve it and to convert it without any waste. You convert it into the uh, actual that life force or that that breath, that holy breath, right? That energy throughout your body, right? Which they call key. So you have to learn how to keep your original essence, which they say is stored in the kidneys. They say the original 
gene is stored in the kidneys, okay, by strengthening the kidneys. Now, now, when I first heard that, I was wondering why would it, why would they say it's located in the kidneys? You know, most of us know kidneys to only deal with it doesn't pump blood, it doesn't um, like the heart, and it doesn't control the air like the lungs or pumps air. It deals with production of urine. Now, when you study the kidneys, you'll find something very interesting. Now, we all know that most people, you know, their kidneys fail when they, you know, a lot of times due to alcoholism and there's other things as well, right? But there's a relationship between the alcohol and kidneys, why it does that. Because the kidneys actually are responsible for the synthesis of what's known as ethereal sulfates. And you can look this up. The um, ethereal sulfates, the, the creation of them, the synthesis of that takes place within your kidneys. Okay. Now, when you research what ethereal sulfate are, it is they are esters of sulfuric acid. Now, ester is basically a chemical compound, right? And these are esters of sulfuric acid. They're forms, they are byproducts of metabolism, of your metabolism, okay? And they are extruded within the urine. So the this these ethereal sulfates are actually um, put in the urine. Okay. Now, we all heard of sulfuric acid. Sulfuric acid, you know, can actually burn. Okay, it's an acid. But not only that, it creates something. It can you can have something called a sulfuric acid fire. Now, sulfuric acid itself will not flame up it's not flammable but when it combines with certain chemicals it will create a fire and one of those chemicals is alcohol now alcohol is also ether right especially when you get into that um that high percentage proof um 80 proof 90 proof alcohol right that is ether they call it ether um a term that's used for alcoholic beverages is spirits. Interestingly enough, they call it spirits, right? And we all know about what can happen when a person gets intoxicated and they have excessive alcohol and they, you know, they look like they are possessed by a spirit, by a demon, okay? And also... Another type of alcohol that you use is called gin. It's spelled G-I-N, but phonetically is synonymous with the Arabic word jinn, J-I-N-N, which is also a spirit or a demon. Okay? So there's a connection there. There's a correlation there. Now, understanding that, you have this sulfuric acid that can combine with the alcohol 
which actually can cause a fire, right? And there's a burn, right? You'll hear about people who say they have a burning sensation when they urinate, okay? That is, that there's acid, there's a burning within that. There's too much acid, literally sulfuric acid, you produce sulfuric acid in your kidneys, okay? And most people don't even know that. The average person doesn't know that. It's called ethereal sulfate. And that ethereal is ether. So now when you look at it from that point, you understand why not only from a health standpoint of why it's important to not drink a lot of alcohol, okay, because of the sulfuric acid and, you know, how it can affect you that way, but also how your kidneys actually produce um, a type of ether because it is a source of ether in it. But the uh, ancient Chinese knew that. And remember, as I mentioned before, Damu was the one who taught this science to the Shaolin monks. And you look at him, um, you'll study him. He was a dark, dark-skinned, woolly-haired man who taught this science. This is very important. So now we understand the context of the importance of healing yourself through that. Um, basically understanding, and there's different techniques. Um, you can actually, um, of course, in addition to breathing techniques, you massage your kidneys directly. Um, there's a lot of heat that is stored in the kidneys keep that in mind you can also massage the middle of your hand okay um it's called the um the bubbling well cavity okay in the center of your palm okay there's also um massaging that cavity in your foot in the um in the middle upper middle part of your foot as well so you can keep that in mind um that that it can be done too um to the bottom of your feet because they match um those who are familiar with uh reflexology will be aware of the fact that parts of your feet as well as parts of your hands are directly related to organs in your body in that center part that upper center part um, right below the balls of your feet the ball of your feet you can use and massage it and that actually helps in terms of your um, your kidneys you know you know certain bending um, breathing techniques certain food also you know uh, you definitely don't want too much acidic food okay uh, definitely don't want that as I mentioned the alcohol and ether you already are producing acid sulfuric acid in your kidneys okay so you want to be definitely conscious of that the emotions this is also another part that I want to be clear because there's a 
there's a close relationship between etheric energy and emotional energy. Okay. And I, w- I want to really drive that in that the emotional, as I've said before, the way of saying in the, in the metaphysical term of emotion is emotion is energy. It, I mean, or emotion is energy in motion. Okay. And that's important to understand that. So your emotional energy, okay, is tied in, connected with your etheric energy, the feeling, okay, how you feel emotionally and your thoughts. That's why it's important, again, to control your thoughts because your thoughts will regulate your emotions. It's impossible to have to have uh, a good feeling positive feeling and negative thoughts right simultaneously or the reverse you know are positive thoughts and negative feelings right now you may have be physically sick and still have an upbeat mindset which will give you um, positive emotions but but still your emotions are directly related to your thoughts so and your thoughts are in relationship to what you intake mentally okay this is what I'm about to get into with the kidneys so your emotions are closely related to your organs so in order to protect your kidneys the one thing that shuts down your kidneys is fear okay the reason why your fear um, affects the adrenal glands which are located by your your kidneys okay so that's that should be understood the fear is based off of an illusion that is created in your mind right the fear is based on an illusion that is created in your mind okay so you fear what they say, you fear the unknown. The unknown is that which is not confirmed. You don't know what will happen to you if you fear um, that you'll catch corona. That fear of catching, you know, the coronavirus, COVID-19, will place you in fear. And even though you may do things to, in your mind, thinking you're counteracting or preventing that particular situation that fear can overtake your organs and shut your kidneys down okay just by the release of those hormones okay so you should understand that fear doesn't solve a problem solutions solve problems so you must face problems and find solutions once the mind is clear right you will know how to avoid situations which cause you fear right uh if you fear getting shot, the fear of getting shot won't prevent you from getting shot. Not putting yourself in situations where there's a high risk of getting shot can prevent you from getting shot, <laughs> if that makes sense. So the process of regulating the mind is a way to maintain the kidneys in a good condition, right? And uh, also things you can do is um, abdominal exercises 
um, that's that's good as well. In addition to um, basically uh, massaging the kidneys and those cavities as well. So you want to keep that. You have you have to keep that in mind. We have to do things in regulation, um, in moderation, because if we don't, then we subject ourselves to um, falling victim to a lot of the the cares of the world. So, as it says in the Kabbalion, the first um, principle of mentalism, all is mind. So, if you can control things with your mind and your thoughts, you control your emotions, and you can also as you develop your mind learn to control the energy to take that those that ether that is everywhere and channel it and convert it into the energy within you by whatever name you call it to go ahead and regulate your health right and also develop yourself spiritually and uh, open up that inner eye some people call it the third eye the pineal gland that's the eye the soul that can see um those things as I mentioned about those finer things of the ethers of the ether planes so that's it for this episode Um, and again thank you for listening and be sure to um, send me your your messages your thoughts your comments and anything you want to have put out on our next episode for those who are again who are on uh, anchor listening anchor um, send, send me a voice message also don't forget check out my website shemel.com that's s-h-e-m hyphen e-l.com um, for the latest on information as well as the podcast without with that I say peace and love